Welcome, everybody, to Volume 9 of the Dropping Keys podcast. Yes, Volume 9 of conversations with real people living real lives to glean their insights and keys to life, leadership, love, and whatever else we get into. I'm Joel Morgan, your host, and I'm the head of Key Exploration. Well, why Dropping Keys? In a few moments, you'll hear me read a poem by Hafez, who was a 14th century mystic and poet, and that is the inspiration for this podcast. Why me? Well, it's taken me a long time to figure out what I do and who I am, to be honest. But part of what I do is I wake people up for a living. I instigate important conversations with individuals and organizations to help them move forward. I'm a writer, I'm a coach, I'm an inspirational speaker. And I'm a real seeker of keys to help myself and others live lives of meaning and purpose. Well, why do I say real people in real life? Well, to be honest, I'm just not attracted to the superstars of our time. I've heard enough from them. I wanted to hear from people who are in the arena, giving their heart and soul to work, family, community. You know, those people who don't get the big headlines or have their praises sung from on high from every from everywhere i I wanted to i wanted to hear people who are really on the ground so to say still building something still working on something still paying on their mortgage you know all those kinds of things that almost all of us are doing i didn't hear those voices out there and i wanted to bring them to you because they inspire me And selfishly, I wanted an excuse to ask great questions and plumb the depth of what gives others life and releases them from the cages in which they find themselves. Today, my Dropping Keys co-conspirator is Jay Smack. Jay is a voice actor. He's a a post-production mixer. He's a podcaster. He's a producer. He's a videographer. He's a listener. He's a storyteller. Well, how would I describe Jay? Jay is just an awesome dude, and I use those words together advisedly. He's a person who has an open mind, which is rare in these days. He also likes to go deep in conversations, and so I'm really excited about having him on the podcast today to just see where our conversation goes. Jay, I'm really excited that you're here today for Volume 9. And so I'm going to begin where we always begin, which is, which is just by reading the poem, Dropping Keys by Hafez. And once I'm finished, I'm just going to, I'm going to be quiet and I'm just going to let you take a moment and then invite you to share any first thoughts or reflections or questions that are brought to mind by this poem. So here it is. The small man builds cages for everyone he knows, while the sage who has to duck his head when the moon is low, keeps dropping keys all night long for the beautiful, rowdy prisoners. Well, Joel, thanks for for having me. This is this is cool. You mentioned podcaster. Um, it's cool being on the other side. Initially, I thought <clears throat> it was cool because I didn't have to do the heavy lifting. But then I realized the guests really do a lot of lifting and excuse me. Um, they really do. You, you, you got to come ready with your authentic self, which which isn't always easy. Now I've heard that poem before through you, you exposed me to it. Um, sorry. And what struck me most about it, the small man, the cages, the sage, 
the keys, that all kind of made sense and it's very profound. But what really struck me was the mention of the moon being full and how he works all night long. The sage working all night long, dropping, dropping keys. Um, the cages, I think we can all relate to. Um, we are trained to build cages from an early age. Uh, I have a new puppy and, and also being a father. And you realize that you have to learn how to close your mind. Um, kids, puppies, whatever, are born with limitless potential and they fully expect the world to be open to whatever they want to experience. And through experiences and through indoctrination, if you will, uh, we learn to, to sort of keep ourselves in a place of, of safety of uh, lowered expectations, unfortunately. And I, and I don't want that to sound cynical. It's, you know, the free spirit is looked at as kind of a kook um, because there are certain, certain currents within which we place ourselves. We get on the raft when we're 16, 17, 18, and we expect, expect that current to carry us downstream to a destination that uh, seems logical and safe. Um, so most of it really makes sense, but I'm still really struck by the sage ducking his head, not to hit his head on the moon and working all night, almost under the, the cover of darkness as, you know, almost as if seeking wisdom, seeking or, or struggling to keep an open mind is something that must be done surreptitiously. Um, I'm not sure if that's the intent, but that's kind of how I took it. And like you, I'm always searching for keys. You know, I love quotes, but I can never remember them because I'm always looking for the next one. So I, so I write them down. Um, there are a few that, that I remember. Um, but ironically, they, they, the ones that I remember and, and draw to mind most often are, ones that sort of help me cope within the logical world. Um, my favorites are not ones that I really have recall of, um, although I keep them in a book. So anyway, those are my, my initial observations. Mm. Well, so you mentioned, you, you mentioned just the being fascinated by the sage dropping keys in, in the night. Um, what, what has been your experience with, with things that have unlocked cages for you have they have they appeared in the light of day or did they or did they sort of sneak up on you or or all of a sudden you sort of found them you know that they that that, that it was there it was just it was discovered what 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 has been what's been your experience and, and of course it can always be both and but what's been your experience there um <clears throat> it's often been a matter of rarely re revelation i don't know if revelation is really a thing um, it may be, but to me, being someone who spends a lot of time in my own head, um, for better or worse, um, it's usually a culmination of experience 
and and inner work, um, being open, uh, understanding that inspiration, if you will, rather than revelation, can come at any time, and it can be gradual. So, being either knocked down or elevated a number of times, I think, can have a cumulative effect. You sort of take from any experience um, a little bit of value, and that value could be, again, something that leads to inspiration or, or, or guidance, or it can be a, a teaching moment that maybe comes out of a difficult experience. So, you know, finding those keys, sure, it can be revelatory. Uh, all of a sudden, I knew what I wanted to do. Actually, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of one specific moment, and, and we did a little meditation before we started recording, and it's weird the things that pop into your mind. But at, at also as a musician, it's something that I've always loved and, and, and been passionate about. You know, when people will say, well, what was the first concert, concert you ever saw? What was the first experience that knew you wanted, that, that let you know you, uh, you wanted to be a musician? And for me, it's a, it's a strange one. I, I'm primarily a drummer. I play several other instruments as well and, and produce audio. But it was, I was at Disney World. And I was a drummer in the band when I was a little, you know, a little kid. You had to test into being a drummer or a trumpet player. And, you know, we, you, you learn your snare, you learn your rudiments and all that. But I remember sitting behind the drummer in the Walt Disney World Orchestra playing Disney favorites. And the technique that that drummer had in his white tux or whatever he was wearing, you know, playing It's a Small World After All. But watching him work the kick drum with his foot and using the hi-hat in conjunction with everything else and the technique and the fluidity, he, I said, that was revelatory for me because I saw somebody making the sounds that I had heard on records and wanted to emulate, you know, whether it was the Beatles or Kiss or the Carpenters or whatever I grew up, you know, with and my parents turned me on to. So while I say inspiration can be accumulative of it can be cumulative it takes a lot of little revelations to arrive at that cumulative uh product if you will so i guess i contradict myself but i do that a lot because i guess i'm i'm kind of open to, to too many influences and too many revelations <laughs> well I thought, yeah i thought it was interesting that you were like well it's very revelation and you're like well maybe it's actually a bunch of little revelations. <laughs> a lot, bunch of little ones and that's yeah. that's what i love that's what i love about our conversation is is we're not you know we're not we're not trying to we're not trying to get it right we're trying to figure it out does that make sense i mean that's the way I, I i've been thinking about some things yeah so that is that's i love the image of that you sitting behind the the drummer here he is in his you know probably in his proper uniform for this orchestra, but is doing, doing the work of, of, of being the magic of, of, of being a drummer, which I think is uh, for anybody who isn't one, you just, you look at it and you go, how the heck does that even work? <laughs> you know, doing three or four different things at one time with your body. Um, and then, and then, uh, and then you, and then throw in a double kick drum on somebody, you know, and that sort of thing. But uh, mm -hmm. I, I love that. I love that memory. Well, so so if you if you look uh, if you look at your life, if you look backwards at your life, what were what were some things that 
um, had unlocked cages for you maybe earlier on in your life that then that you that were keys for you, but then you had that you had to abandon that you had to walk away from you guys. Oh, this is not this is not working for me anymore. This is not a thing that I that I can that is helpful anymore. Do you have any any of those things? Yes, but it's usually not walking away from, but finding a place for. Um, unless it's self-destructive behavior, you know, whether you're in college and you're drinking too much or something like that. But, but again, I, I would go back to music, which has been a constant in my life. And my grandmother was always very supportive of creative endeavors. She used to ha- ask me to write her poems and, and draw her pictures and stuff. And I did that. Um, but I always loved music and it's one reason um, I support, independent musicians and upcoming musicians because it's often not a choice what do you want to be musician okay let's work towards it um i choose to be a musician versus i don't know shoe salesman fireman whatever it's just something inside you uh that you've got to get out so the answer to your question would be you know um being a person of balance, I think, always seeking balance. I loved playing music and I gave it a real go with a band, a um, couple bands when I was younger, in and out of college, dropped out of college for a couple of years to actually give it, give it a shot with a band that I thought had, had real potential. But then feeling like the, um, you know, the yin yang part of me, the, the yang was calling to also satisfy what I was talking about earlier, the responsible part, you know, be the responsible person. So um, that's what ultimately drove me to go into radio and broadcasting. I'm, you know, I was still in the music industry, but it was a bit more of a, a business application. Um, But I was still consistent in my passions. I, I like to say, I try to marry my passions with, with with my path um so it, it's interesting i i sort of moved away from being a full-time musician but it was always part of me so i guess the lesson was you know i still want to have that at arm's length and still want to have it as an outlet and still do um but it wasn't in the proper sense the primary vocation you know, it's not go to music school, become a professional musician, although that was also interesting to me. Um, it I, I sort of went into radio because I wanted to try to, quote unquote, have it all, i.e. be around music, but still have an effect and, and help people by providing a platform. Um, ultimately, that's another conversation, whether commercial radio does that or not. Um, but. So I guess, you know, again, the answer to your question was not necessarily leaving it behind, but maybe shifting things around because you kind of want to do it all. Mm. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm, I'm interested in uh, how do you how do you see balance and how do you pursue balance in your life? Um, that's a good question the practice of pursuing balance I think has to do with at least attempting to 
keep states not necessarily at their optimum but in check uh that is physical emotional spiritual um passionate so i feel like everything is a practice and you sort of choose how many buckets you can have at any one time um so it's aligning your set of beliefs with your path um balance i would say don't take anything too seriously um the old adage of everything in moderation even moderation <laughs> so for me uh, again going back to the actual practice that would involve meditation hard work but not too hard because you want to maintain accessibility to your family um belief systems you know be true to who you are and it's hard to figure out what that is that's a constant that plays into the balance as well just figuring out who you are and what you believe some people believe absolutely um and maybe that works for them but to me there's too much good too much wisdom in the world to um have the potential of missing out on some of it um uh, present itself there's a lot there's always opportunities to learn and i think this really gets at the heart of what you're saying you can you never stop learning and i think that's the essence of balance whether that's again spiritual learning emotional learning um and intellectual learning um and i think the intellectual learning goes towards business whatever you're whatever you're doing try to be as close to your best at it but not at the expense of everything else that's really important to you. And I think we owe it to ourselves. And you and I had a conversation about this recently, whatever you want to call it, moral responsibility, personal responsibility, we owe it to ourselves to be open to these things that can not only make us better people to ourselves, but to the energy in the universe around us, whether it's people, uh, the common good, um, progress of thought of technology of intellectualism whatever it is we need to be open to potential mm. well, i think it's interesting that you you've 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 pulled together three p's for your life right passion path practice uh, so so what right now what what right now is is capturing your your passion that you're applying onto the path that is constantly in flux as well and I, I guess this still goes back to the balance you can't do everything all the time there's no reason you can't do a lot of things at the same time but um another p professionally that would be what i do during the day which is um, voiceover recording mixing commercially and creatively um, podcasting. I'm full of peas these days. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all over but, the place. Yeah, I know. There's pee everywhere. But, um, <laughs> uh, and, 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 and we just went to middle school. <laughs> Everybody, we just went back to middle school. We just remember, do. just remember, yeah. uh, in, in, in the male of the species, and since I am one, I can say this, I think, fully, is that our humor rarely gets beyond middle school. So just, just I knew we were going to have a joke about pee once I started talking about peas. So anyway, we can't, 
we can't always be the New Yorker. You know? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so. We got to be highlights and cracked once in a while. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's why they were so successful. But anyway, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Although one thing that jumped into my mind when you asked the question was, um, especially when it comes to balance, is the the discourse right now, the 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 hurting that everyone's feeling, the the challenge, whether it's uh, political, medical, social, civil unrest, all of all of this is going on. These are growing pains that we have got to feel as a people, and obviously, some of us feel it a lot more directly, sometimes physically directly than others. And I think we owe it to ourselves as a collective, as a species, as an energy to recognize that, to recognize the pain that we're going through individually and collectively. Um, That's not to say that we shouldn't still focus on ourselves and make ourselves better, but we've got to understand the pain and the struggles that we're all going through and, and work towards minimizing that. Um, We are a young, young species. You know, we've only been on this planet for a second and we have a lot of work to do, but we owe it to everyone else to constantly work on ourselves um, and that goes back to that, that word inner work that I, that I just love, whether it's and, and inner, inner work, I think involves a lot of questions, making sure that I'm not seeing the world through a filter that keeps me from seeing the world. Um, these filters are accumulated, sometimes imposed intentionally, uh, whether it's willful ignorance or obstinance. But that is, it's been a passion lately, whether I want it to be or not. Um, and there's always something that, that, we're, that we're dealing with, that we're struggling with. We're, we're imperfect. And, you know, that's the responsibility we bear for having consciousness, um, is being aware of the good and the bad, the pain and the pleasure. Um, so when you first asked the question, that's the thing that jumped to mind. It wasn't necessarily me and what I'm doing professionally or even creatively, but the work that we're all having to do or should be doing on an individual level in order for all of us to, to move forward. So what are some of those questions that you're, that you're asking yourself in that inner work sort of stratosphere? Um, it's sort of a lot of them all at once. It's a lot of voices shouting to sort of create a din of one grand question. And that is, <clears throat> you know, it, it's not idealistic because I'm very aware that my experience imposes filters on me that other people may not have. Um, So I guess the questions I'm asking myself, and there are many of them, um, am I seeing the world objectively? Am I making an attempt to understand the pain that other people might be feeling? Am Am I making an attempt to 
understand the pleasure that other people might be feeling. I, I constantly feel like with each passing day that we're living in the greatest time ever. But there's a lot of boxes that are checked that imply that it's not the greatest time ever or a lot of caveats to that statement. But I have to believe, and, and, and this goes back to balance, I have to believe that the good offsets the bad of where we're at in the long run, at least hopefully. I hope we're not on the other side of that, you know, diminishing returns. Um, technology is amazing. Understanding is is incredible. The deepest we've ever experienced. Um, uh, just our self-awareness is, for better or worse, is at the highest level that it's ever been. And I go back to... Um, I think it was Jane Goodall. I think we might have. Did we have this conversation? I had it with someone. Yeah, it was you and I, wasn't it? Yep. Where the, they asked what the greatest advancement in civilization was. And you would expect somebody to say the wheel or the lever or something. And this person said, no, it's when we started finding broken bones that had healed because it implied compassion and the quote unquote luxury of time off, you know, in a society to, to, to be able to heal. So th the questions really, they, they never stop coming, especially when you meditate. Um, and I, I firmly believe that meditation is beneficial because when, when else are we going to find the time to do this inner work? Uh, sometimes it's at the gym. Sometimes your mind wanders when you're watching TV. But I think you really need to sit down with yourself. And we've also talked about, you and I, how people say, I can't meditate because I'm always thinking. That's meditation. Seeing the thoughts, you know. Um, uh, I heard a meditation leader say thoughts are like, are like children, you know, they all want the attention. So one comes to you, you recognize it, you see it, you pat it on the head and it goes about its way. And then the next child comes up for some attention. That's what thoughts are. We can't eliminate thoughts, but we, we've got to be able to see them. It's like, it's like seeing fear. If we can put a name tag, a label on fear, What's eventually left is the path that fear left, not the fear itself, you know, but the fear is going to come. Um, we can't escape it, but it's there for a reason. You know, it taught us so long ago to retreat to a cave when we we're being chased by a tiger. Um, it's important. It's there for a reason, but we've got to put a face on it and a name. Uh, otherwise, we won't learn from it. I was just reminded of, uh, of, a, of, of a quote. Uh, I, I don't know who said it, but uh, this person said, and it, it's, a, it's a riff on a very, on a popular marketing phrase for a wonderful um, thing that goes on, but it's uh, a mind is a terrible thing to watch, <laughs> which is what wow. I think meditation really is, right? Mm -hmm. you're, mm -hmm. you're watching your mind at work uh, from, a, from a bit of a, a a bit of a stance away from it. You're not letting it carry you somewhere. And that's what I think about meditation. But I just, I think I just heard it yesterday in a seminar I was doing. Somebody said that mind is a terrible thing to watch. I was like, boy, that is brilliant, brilliant statement. Well, so let's, uh, let's, let's, let's maybe let's, we've been, we've, we've gone, we've gone awfully deep here. Like I knew we would. And, and that's what I love about this, about the dropping keys cut podcast is I'm, I'm, we're not afraid to go and really have these, these deeper question conversations. And I, and, and I love that. Well, so, um, so have you been, um, 
Oh gosh, what is the question that I really that I really want to ask right now? I'm trying to I'm searching for it, and that's part of the problem of 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 letting things go is is sometimes I can't come with the with the question that I want right away. And this will probably get edited out, by the way. So just I'm gonna ramble here just for a minute. Well, do you mind um, if I jump in with something? Yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, that would, I would love that. While you're formulating that, uh the mind is a terrible thing to watch is is a really interesting concept because there is no goal of meditation, but if there was, I would almost posit that it is to eliminate the mind, um, eliminate the I, and that's the proper I, um, eliminate the me. Is there a me? You know, we were talking about inner work, working on me in order that I might be able to help you and we, but let's pull back for just a second and consider conscience consciousness in and of itself. Um, when we dream, when our mind wand wanders and we lose the concept of I, of me, which one is real? You know, is the table that I've got my arm on the real thing or is the absence of the table, the real thing? I'm not suggesting like Elon Musk does that we're all living in a simulation, although who would know, but if you believe in string theory and you know alternate universes and the and the possibility that every moment that could possibly ever happened has happened will happen is happening has happened and will happen all at the same time you know and i'm i'm not trying to get too deep or too nutty or too interstellar here i'm just saying who's to say that once you stop considering things from your standpoint and just experiencing um, like when you're meditating and you hear a noise, if you could eliminate distance from that equation, what's going on? You know, is there an eye to hear it? It's the, it's the, it's the, um, the tree in the woods. You know, if there's no one there in the woods to hear, it doesn't make a sound. Well, yeah, it makes a sound as a physical reaction of sound waves. They bounce off of something, but, it, it challenges the I concept. So, you know, w when, when we're meditating, do we look back at our own mind or we, or do we just pull back to the condition that exists before the experience happens? You know, um, anyway, that's, that's what I thought of when you said mind is a terrible thing to watch. Are we watching our mind or are we, watching the condition that we that that is consciousness i don't know i think that's a great question to take into meditation actually <laughs> right oh, well, I, I mean i think i mean i think it's interesting it's interesting i mean the dalai lama i mean that's the the the, the meditation you know he does hours of meditation every day but the, one of the first ones that he does every day at least as far as from my reading and 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 all of that uh, is is he asks the question about that consciousness question who who is it that experiences it who 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 is is, is there a there there mm -hmm. <laughs> you know that sort of that sort of question and I, I find that fascinating because he's done that since he was a child and so uh and I, I just find that a very a very interesting thing especially in thinking about um you know the, the old the old adage right how how do angels fly they take themselves lightly, 
<laughs> and and I just I, I, that's something I come back to a lot is is so much of the time at least in my life now now I'm sharing a little bit here is I take myself and I take the things that are happening around me way too heavily and I can't I have a difficult time holding them lightly uh, and and so then then I get all wrapped up in it uh, whereas I think when when we're watching the mind, if you want to, or watching our thoughts, it's 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 a way of taking them lightly, right? We're not we're not disregarding them, like you said, like the children. We're not disregarding them, but we're not we're not giving them the uh, we're we're not helicopter parenting those thoughts that, that, to go to try to stay with the parent, the kid, the child metaphor. That's a good point. That's a really good point, and. My metaphor sort of implies that the child is running up and saying, look what I drew, or can I have a lollipop? They're not running up and saying, I broke my arm. You know, it's a completely different experience. Taking lightly, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I just, I've always loved that phrase and, and have, have, have molded that over. And I probably should get that put up somewhere just because <laughs> I, I need that reminder probably from second two when i wake up in the morning so yeah well what else, what other uh i mean as you're as you're thinking about life right now what what key what key is has been is most important for you like right now in your life wow um well that's that brings a lot of things to mind but i think one of them is what you just said taking myself and things lightly because it's so easy and so intuitive to take them heavily. Um, I like to read a lot, usually reading three or four books at a time, and that's not a brag. It's actually more a symptom of uh, lack of focus. <laughs> but um, I was never much of a Tony Robbins guy, but a lot of people I like and respect have read quite a bit of it. You know, those uh, inspirational speakers – I, I tend to look at cynically, uh, but they also have wisdom. They have keys to drop, and a lot of them are very valid. So I was reading some to Tony Robbins, one of his books, some Tim Ferriss, um, a book on the Stoics, some Thich Nhat Hanh, who I love. He's my favorite thinker. But then it started to get to me. You know, I said, look, you're, you're, you're carrying a lot of heavy weight, as we all are right now. Lighten up a little bit. So... I saw that the Dune movie was coming out and this, I sort of played a trick on myself and I said, I've always meant, meant to read that. So I've avoided all the trailers. I said, I'm going to read that before I see that movie, the new one, you know, the old one is not so good. The David Lynch version. So I picked up Dune and uh, I'm a few page, few hundred pages into it. And little did I know it's, it's really a great work. There's a lot of wisdom in it and a lot of quotes and a lot of, and I've started highlighting them. Um, and one of them, as I awkwardly reach for it, if I can find it, I'll read it to you. But uh, um, I mentioned this to our mutual friend, Sarah Daves, the other day. I won't look for it because I can't find it, although it's highlighted. But um, there's a quote in it that says the, the worst, back to Revelation, the worst revelation a man can have is the day he realizes his father is made of flesh and bone. And... That really struck me. So here I am trying to not take myself too lightly and say, I'm going to do a fun sci-fi read. And there's a lot of wisdom in it. Frank Herbert, it, it's really kind of blowing me away, the book. I'm really enjoying it. Some people do, some people don't. But there's, 
a lot of nuggets of, of wisdom going back to the theme of the whole conversation that is is out there for us whether we're looking for it or not the keys are, are hiding so the answer to your question is what i'm trying to do these days is what i'm focusing on is is not take things too seriously although of course we have the responsibility to be engaged and do exactly that but it can take a toll on this physical body if we're not careful, you know, whether it's real or not real, we're going back and forth with feet in various parallel universes here, but it really can, it really can, you know, uh, instances of cancer, as far as we know, I don't know how we would have tracked it in the 1700s, but it's, um, it's higher now than it ever has been. And I think just as much due to environmental factors as emotional factors, you know, our lives are so long now living into our eighties, nineties, sometimes a hundred that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. I, th I think some of these emotional issues are manifesting physically. And if we don't keep them in check and, and take ourselves a little bit more lightly, they, they can combine with environmental factors to uh, become malignant and metastasize, literally. So the answer to your question is, I'm really trying to work now on lightening up just a little bit. Mm. Mm, I like that. I like that. Any, any things, any things that you, you're doing, any practices that you're doing to, to, to give yourself that sort of gut check, if we want to use that, that word? Um, sure. Yeah. One is exactly like I said, seek out media uh, and input that is lighter. And I don't just mean meditative and philosophical stuff. I've always been really curious about that. But just fun, fun stuff. I'm not a big TV watcher, but throw on some comedy when you have the choice um, instead of watching more CNN or more Fox News or whatever it is. Um, you know, take it easy on yourself. Uh, but 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 physically and directly, I'm a big cyclist. Oh, and music is always there. I, I take that for granted. So sometimes I don't mention it just sitting down and practicing, practicing scales on my guitar. That's a, that's a meditation, but I'm a big cyclist and I at once figure out and forget more things on the bike than I could do sitting at a desk. Um, 10 million things go through your mind, but at the same time, you're completely engaged. You have to be, your head's on a swivel. There's traffic, there's environmental factors, um, and self-awareness goes into that as well, because I know that cycles, uh, bikes on the road can be frustrating for some motorists. And I understand, but that's usually because the, the cyclists that are, that are, that have fostered those experiences are not aware of people around them. And they're like, to hell with you, I'm taking my lane. Well, we're all in this together. So I try to, I try to be, um, a considerate cyclist, you know, you give what you get, but um, cycling is really a great meditation for me. Um, whether I hit the Capitol trail and ride 50 miles or do 10 miles around my neighborhood, it, it doesn't matter. I, I try to do it every day or at least most days. And that really helps. I think everybody needs some, some sort of physical release. Um, even just walking something to keep the body moving and the mind active, um, movement in any form. Uh, if you don't, if you don't move, if you're stagnant, you know, that's, that's destruction, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What was that phrase they were ponying out there for a while? Is that sitting is the new smoking? 
Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Sitting is the new smoking. And, and, uh, this seminar that I was doing this, this, this past week, um, they literally were talking to us about research that just shows that just, just, just walking, like just take 30 minutes and walk every day. And just the, the, everything that comes down, the preponderance of diabetes, the preponderance of heart disease, the preponderance of cancer, the preponderance of, I mean, just, and, and I say just walking because most of us don't think of walking as anything, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, I, I, I find that interesting, the movement. Um, yeah. I mean, if you don't move, you die. I mean, that's just a literal truth. And, um, and so I, I, I agree with you on that. Well, so if, if you were going to, if you, if you're going to sort of end the, wrap this all up for us a little bit and you're going to drop one key. Now this is your, this is your sort of your, this is your key to the world right now or key to the listening audience anyway what 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 key would you drop today man okay this is another one that i came across recently and there's so many to choose from but i'll just drop this one this is the way things are right now pretty much as simple as that um you can't tell me i'm wrong you can't tell me i Maybe you can't even tell me I'm right. You can't tell me I'm stupid for thinking that. You can't tell me that's ridiculous. It's okay. This is the w- but this is the way things are right now. Um, and that comes to mind because of my daughter, who is 18. And the last few years, you know, young people have had a really tough time. There's been a lot going on as you know has hap- as has as has happened throughout cis- history in various cycles but they're processing a lot and they've got this huge social experiment being performed on them in social media they have all the tools to navigate it if you will and i say navigate in the literal physical sense but haven't been given any of the tools to navigate it you know um this huge social experiment let's see what happens when we float this carrot out there and see how many clicks we get let's collect data from this source and feed it back to you we're all living we're all living um different realities and the sitting has a lot to do with it we're we're inside because of covid um we're on social media and absorbing more media than ever constantly. And most of us don't know that there are levers being pulled that are intentional, you know, to, to, to we're being sold predictive behavior. We're not being sold specific media uh, while we are, but what they're after the Royal, they is predictive behavior there and they're dictating that predictive behavior behavior they they start to understand how we react and then feed it back to us to get us to continue reacting that way so that they can profit off the predictive behavior and that's just one element um doesn't really have to do with consciousness or meditation or anything that like that but it does because it's a defense those mm-hmm. those actions and the balance are a defense to this grand ex- social experiment that's being performed on us really at the expense of our kids so i told my daughter you know if you if you get down you know i I'd throw i email her quotes and books and stuff and sometimes i think it's too much just back off and 
And so one day I said, look, just sweetie, just keep in mind, this is the way it is right now, you know, for better or worse. And that will at least put you on some footing to understand that you have much more of a stake and much more control over what you think and feel than you, than you think you do. You know, don't let it sneak up on you. Mm. This is the way things are right now. I think we can sort of let that just sit here at the end. Well, Jay, I, I mean, as always, um, well, and you know, I'll, I'll go back and, and listen to this to prepare a, an ep- a companion episode uh, for this. And I'm, man, there might be a number of companion episodes that need to come out of just this one conversation. Uh, I really, uh, I really enjoyed the conversation that we've had today. Um, if you if you want to find Jay, if you want to if you want to um, figure out where he is, he's on LinkedIn. Jay Smack, just J A Y S M A C K. Um, you also ought to look up uh, and and check out the Good Eye podcast. E Y E, not I as in I, but I as in seeing. So the Good Eye podcast, and then he has a, a voiceover a voiceover website. Uh, J, jsmackvo.com and then just his website jsmack.com there's also another one a redampaudio.com so you can just there's a, there's a there's a there's a rabbit hole there and you can go down it um i do encourage you though to go to his voiceover website and just listen to some of the voiceovers that he's done they're they're amazing <laughs> he, he has an amazing voice uh for voiceover and 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 i hope he continues to get to do that in a big big way because it's really really good stuff you can, you can uh, follow me or you can learn more about me at joelmorgan.com or at joelmorgancc, that's two C's, on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, Jay, thank you so much for being my uh, Volume 9 uh, Dropping Keys podcast co-conspirator. It's been a great time, and I'm going to leave us with this. May the sage drop the key to unlock the cage in which you find yourself. Until next time.